It was great. No, we, uh, anybody enjoying the weather? Yes. Yeah, good, good. You ready for a great morning this morning? Yes, sir. Yeah, amen, it's going to be good. Uh, you know, a lot of what we do and we experience, a lot of what we experience is based on how we approach God. Or, or let me say it this way, what kind of expectation we bring into the Lord. If we come in and we're like, oh, it's going to be another, you know, Boring service, pastor's going to preach, and they'll be, amen, see you later, thanks for joining us. We bring that attitude in, what will happen is you'll experience that, right? But I'm telling you, I, as a, from a spiritual standpoint, when I stand up here, and y'all are hungry, it's, like, it's almost like you're sponges that are wanting the, just the water of the word, right? Man, I can feel it flowing through me. I can feel it. it it's, a, it's a literal thing. It's like it's sucking through. It's awesome to preach that way. So when you come in the door, that's your job and your responsibility to say, all right, all that junk that's been trying to jump on me throughout the week, I'm going to leave it outside, and, and I'm going to let the wind blow it away. It ain't going to be there when I, when I get out, and I'm going to walk in here in newness of life, and I'm going to receive what God has, and you come in with that kind of expectation, I'm telling you, God can show up in your life, and that's what we're going to experience today. Amen? Amen. So every week, uh, we don't just uh, think about Boomerang, we think about other churches as well, and most of the time we pray for another body of Christ uh, that's within this area, and uh, the reason that we do that is simply because, guess what, we're not the only church. And the Lord tells us that we have a body that's just as much a part of our body, whether you see them sitting in here or not. It is believers. And so generally, we'll lift up another church and another part of the body just to keep it in mind and to be a blessing to our own selves to pray and lift up another body and to keep it in our minds that, hey, we're not the only ones. And it's important for us to esteem not just boomerang, not just our body, but the whole body of Christ. And so this morning, usually it's a church that's within this area in Albemarle or Stanley County, but this morning as I was praying about, Lord, who do you want us to pray over today? Uh, Pastor Chris DiCiaccio and his wife Jan came up to me. They're actually in Gastonia. This is one of the pastors that you haven't met, but you're going to meet him in a few weeks. And uh, he's going to come and speak to us. He is one of the pastors that's a mentor in my life. Uh, I would call him a pastor in my life that I submit to, and uh, he's awesome. You'll love him. He is a pastor's pastor, and his heart and his knowledge, his heart is awesome. His knowledge of the Word is outstanding. And so this morning, his church is called Life of Faith Fellowship. So let's agree together as a body, and let's lift up their body and their leadership, okay? So Father, we just thank you. Lord, we come together as a body, united in agreement, that, Lord, we just ask that your blessings would be poured out on Life of Faith Fellowship and Pastor Chris and Jan DiCiaccio. Lord, we just thank you for them. Lord, we just ask that your love and your will and your power would manifest in their lives and in the lives of the members and the attenders of that body, the attenders of that church, Lord, just that your will would be done, nothing short of it. Lord, I just ask that they would experience heaven on earth as your will flows through the leadership of that church and into the body as your anointing opens up new doors for them, Lord. We just ask for your wisdom in their leadership. We ask for protection on the people that are there. And we just ask for your glory to be in Life of Faith Fellowship and on Pastor Chris and Jan. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's, uh, as we get into it this morning, we are in our last session of Be the Light, and I'm a little bit sad about that, uh, because I've been enjoying the series, and uh, hopefully you have too, hopefully you agree with me on that, but uh, this is part four, and today is called Shine, and uh, our job, if you'll turn to Isaiah 60, verse 1 through 3, this has been a key verse the whole time. Uh, if you want to look up the notes, if you're watching online or on the archives, over to the right should be sermon notes. You can find today's date, uh, March 15th, and you can click on uh, part four of Be the Light. 
If you're sitting here and you got a smartphone or something that you can pull it up, you can pull up the full notes, not just the ones we printed out uh, on that, and follow along there as well. So in Isaiah 60, it says this. The first couple of weeks, or the first couple of words is, Arise, shine. Now this is a command. This is not something that we should see as believers. If we believe, then we believe that God knows what he's talking about. He's all-powerful, and he's got our best uh, plans in his heart because of his love. So if we believe that, then we're going to hear the things that he says and say, I need to believe that, and faith without works is dead. So in other words, if I really believe that God is God, I need to be doing something about this. I need to be actively arising constantly arising in my life and shining. And so today is part four is shine. How do we shine for God? We've talked about the importance of being the light, that you are the light of the world. That's what Jesus called you. You are the light. And we have our job to shine. And you know what? Darkness is surrounding the earth. We'll just keep on reading here. Arise, shine. For your light has come, your light has come in Christ. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This is a promise to you now because your light has come. This is a reality. Now you might not have felt like this has been a reality all your life, but that's not God's fault. He's done his part. Now it's our job to say, Lord, I'll accept your light. I will accept that the, your glory has risen upon my life. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm sitting there walking in it right now when I make that decision, but that means as soon as I start making the decision and opening up my heart to God, guess what happens? God starts doing exactly what he said. Starts doing. And so at this moment, you can decide this moment, you know what, Lord, I've been walking in some of that darkness, but I need that to change. I need that to change. And you can say, and here's what I'm doing. I'm going to arise and open up my heart and let you shine on my life. And you can know. I'm not talking about maybe, could be, kind of, sort of, coulda, woulda, shoulda. I'm talking about you can know something's changing right now as you open up your heart for the seed of God's promises to take root in you so that the fruit of those promises can come up. The light will start shining in your life. It's up to you to decide, am I going to be a receiver and receive that promise, or am I just going to keep hearing that verse and be like, mm-hmm, good stuff, yep, 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 yep. And a lot of times that's the way we've been. Oh, yeah, that was a good word. Good preaching, preacher, you know. <laughs> I'm glad you laughed. Nobody else was laughing. I was laughing inside. <laughs> so this is it. We got to arise and shine. Why? Why do we have to shine? Verse 2. It says this, for behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear on you. In other words, you see, a lot of times it's not good for us to, to you know, always put buts in our conversation. But when it's negative, a but is a good thing. And God put a butt in the middle of this and like, look, it's going to be black, it's going to be dark, it's going to be ugly, it's going to be, there's all this darkness is coming on. But, but, His glory will appear upon you. So you can look at this and look at your life right now and say, man, it seems like it's been dark, but the glory of God is appearing upon me. His glory is moving. If I will accept it, His light is shining on me right now. And verse 3, when we do this, it says, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Now see, this verse right here to me proves that we really haven't been walking in all the light that we need to because I haven't seen kings and I haven't seen nations coming to the church for their light. And it's been getting darker and darker in the world. I mean, right's wrong, wrong's right. It's been, we've been having all this stuff. And I said this the very first day. We should get to the place where we're using the deep darkness that's on the earth right now. As we come into the end of this time, and we should use the deep darkness as a contrast, a great contrast to the glory of the Lord that's shining through each one of us. Let it Turn it into a beautiful contrast. Why? So that people can come to the light of Christ in you. 
Now see, we, got, we ought to be able to see, look, I should, be, I should be shining brighter, so yes, I'm going to shine. It's a promise. I should be uplifted by that. But at the same time, we should look at this and say, but you know what? I definitely have some areas to change in because I'm not seeing the fullness of this. So you should let it convict you and, and let it tell you and show you, I've got some change to do. I've got some new ways to be thinking. And the first thing I need to do is to arise and shine. Matthew 5.14 says this, you, now this is Jesus talking red letters, he's talking to believers, is that you? Yeah? He's saying you are the light of the world. You're the light. You're the light. You're the light. And then in verse 16 it says, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The light is there to be a blessing to you, but that's not the only reason it's there. The other part of the reason, and a big part of the reason, is that through the light that you let shine in your life from Jesus Christ, people will start to glorify their Father. They'll start to glorify Him. This is another area where we really can see that we haven't been living quite right. We've been missing. We've been coming up short some on that. And so we've got to say, okay, I, let, I need to change some things. We, as a body, need to change some things. We need to do whatever it takes to let the light of God bright, uh, shine brighter inside of us. I was trying to put those words together. We need to let the light shine brighter in us. We need to do whatever it takes. Now, today we're talking about shining. We talked about last week that we need to get hungry for God. We need to ways to turn the light up. My goal in this whole series was to help you see very clearly that you should be and can be the light everywhere you go. You should be and you can be the light everywhere you go. Today, we're talking about shining. And the question is this, how do we shine on a world that is really not interested in Jesus. Because if they don't know Jesus, do they really care about knowing Him? Well, there's an importance there that they don't recognize and they don't understand, but at the place where they're at right now, they're like, okay, Jesus, great. Mm -hmm. They don't really care. And most of them now have gotten actually because a lot of the church has gone about it the wrong way, they've actually kind of put a barrier between you and them. You start talking about Jesus, and they're like, stop, you can just stop right there. How do we pierce that barrier with the greatness of who God is? Because He really is great. He's got some awesome stuff for us. We're starting to feel how, just how real He wants to be in our lives and the power of God in a reality. I can go through the room and there's testimony after testimony where God's been real to people that are in this room. But how do we let other people know when they have this barrier up in front of them? How can we literally shine in our lives? Now, part of the, part of the goal is you just shine in your life and they'll be drawn to you, right? That's what that verse said. But there's another part that's a more active part on your part that says, I'm going to shine and I'm going to beat back the darkness in their lives. And there's a part in our lives because of Jesus that says, that's exactly what I'm supposed to do. Part of it's just how you live your life for yourself. And then the other part is, what can I do to help other people? To reach out, to make those, those beams of Jesus shining through me more clear, more bright, reaching further, more penetrating. What can I do to shine the best that I can? Well, we must find ways in love to dismantle the barriers that people put up. We must find ways to pierce that shell of the flesh that people put up. We must find ways to do that. Well, just so happens, God happens to know everything and knows exactly how to do this. Just so happens in the Word, He's told us what to do. So if you'll turn to Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. Have you ever felt like I'm just getting nowhere? It's not, I'm trying to shine, but it's just not happening. 
And a big part of that a lot of times has been how we've actually been living our lives. You know, because they'll say, you know, I, I see it all the time on Facebook. You know, somebody will get on there, they'll be having a moment in God, and they'll, you know, say, oh, you really shouldn't do that. God wouldn't like that. Jesus wouldn't do that, that kind of stuff. And then they'll, you know, get somebody that doesn't know God. They'll get on there and they'll be like, oh, Mr. Christian, who did this the other night, and they did do something wrong the other night, and then their whole witness is completely destroyed. So a lot of it has to do with, are we actually living, or are we just talking about? Are we just talking holy, or are we being holy? Yeah. You know? That's a lot to do with light. So that's, that's one of the big things to make sure that you handle. You know, are you actually living in love? Or are you just talking? It? You, know, you actually, you, know, you come in here, you receive from God, you, you amen, you hallelujah me, but then you go out and you, and you live like you're praising the devil. You know, We've got to change that. That's a big part of it. But then there's also a part that says, okay, I'm working on that, I'm in the process of changing that, but I still want to affect people. I want to pierce that shell that they have. Here's what God says. In um, Acts chapter 1, verse 4, Jesus was, at this point, resurrected, and he's sitting there, and he says, once uh, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, what's the result of that? Well, let's keep reading. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And he replied, now, I'll just point out about this. I like, I like pointing this out when we hit here. Now, these are the disciples that's been with Jesus for three years, approximately. And their first response is, He's going to send the other part of God to be with them. He's going to send the Holy Spirit. Now, what they know is when the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit came on people in the Old Testament, they would do crazy, powerful things, right? I mean, you had, you had Elijah or Elisha one uh, running. Uh, the Holy Spirit came down on him, and he picked up his, his garment and started running and ran in front of the chariot led by horses for 19 miles back to the city. Well, they remember stuff like that. They remember, you know, when, when Elijah struck the water, bam, and it went like that, and he crossed over the Jordan. Where is the God of Elijah? Right? They remember stories like this when the Spirit would come on people and the things that they were able to do. So Jesus just told them the same Spirit's going to come on every believer. He's going to pour out this gift for them to receive if they'll have it. And, and they're like, ding, ding, ding. We're about, to, we're about to see something. And he says, and the first thing they do, now they've been hanging out with Jesus for three years. The first thing they do is, is it at this time that you're going to restore our kingdom? So in other words, their very first thought was, me, my kingdom, my. Yeah. Now, see, we could take what I'm talking about today, and the very first thing you could think is, man, are you going to grow boomerang? Are you going to grow our church? Lord, is this what we're about to do? And he is going to grow it. But if that's the focus of our heart, we're missing the point. The point is not to be a witness of boomerang. The focus is to be a witness of Jesus Christ. I don't want boomerang just to grow. I want it to grow because the whole body is growing. I want, I want membership to grow in all of these churches. I want them all to grow because there's people coming to the Lord. There's people that are discipling themselves after Christ constantly. It, it needs to be. And here's what Jesus said. He said in verse 7, He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But, here's, here's what this is going to do. Here's what filling of the Spirit's going to do, and a move of the Spirit's going to do. But, you will receive power. Now, this is talking about a literal power, okay? It's what's called a dunamis power, and which is where we get the word dynamo which means basically this is a way to generate, continuously generate the power of God in your life. That's what he's given them, the ability to produce a spiritual power inside of them. That's what he's offering. So he says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. How many people want the Holy Spirit to come upon you? 
Yeah, I need it. I want it. I need that power for, for a lot of different reasons. You do too. And you, here's what that power will do. And you will be my witnesses. My witnesses, Jesus says. You're not going to be witnesses for Boomerang or your church or your body. You're going to receive power to be the witnesses of Christ. Now, a lot of times people will take that kind of power and they're, again, still trying to build their kingdom, their church, and that what they don't realize is that power is not an anointing to build their church. It's to build Jesus' church. And so they miss out. They may experience some of it, but not all of it because they're, not trying, to, they're trying to build something that it's not designed to do. It's designed to build God's church. It's designed to build the body of Christ. You'll be my witnesses. What he's saying is, this will empower you to shine the light. This will empower you, let me put it this way, to penetrate the shell that people have because of the reality of his power. It goes on later and it says that, that they were preaching and God was working with them, proving their word by working in miracles and signs and wonders. In other words, what happened was they'd get up and preach and then the power of God would follow and people would go, that must be of God. He would work with them. He would show them things. He would show the people that were listening, the people that didn't know if they wanted to believe God or not. He would show them through his power, hey, this is real, God's real, and he loves you. So then he says, you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, let's look at how the Spirit brings this power. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7, and we'll go through verse 10. Now, when you're filled with the Spirit and you have this, this promise that Jesus promised, which is for every believer, there's some things... Here in verse uh, 7 it says this, but to everyone is given the manifestation of the Spirit. So a spiritual gift, let's go to uh, New American Standards. It says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now that means a manifestation is simply this. Every person is given some gifts or every person has of the nature of the Holy Spirit himself operating in him in some form or fashion. Now, here's the thing. When people have that shell up or they have a barrier up, you know, there's one thing that will get through to them when they have a need or they have a need and don't know it and all of a sudden that need gets met, it cracks that shell and lets some of the light of God shine in. And one of the ways he's telling us that he's empowered us to be his witnesses when we allow the Holy Spirit to move through us, in us, on us, and through us. And a lot of the church has not been using, they've just been trying to convince people with their words. You know, he's real, Jesus is good and it's awesome. Well, most everybody in America has heard that. They've chosen not to believe it. But when you say something like that and then you meet a need in their life, it cracks that shell. It it's able to pierce that barrier. So some of the things here in verse 8, let's look at what it says. It says, for one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. Now, a word of wisdom is just this. It's like, let's say that you have a problem, and then the Holy Spirit's moving through that power and through that gift, and he's able to say, hey, here's how to solve that problem. And all of a sudden, that person says, oh yeah? yeah, and you know, they might not believe you, but then they try it and it works. And they've been trying to solve that problem for years. Well, guess what? The power of God just penetrated. Now you have their attention. Now that shell, that barrier has been broken. And who did it? God, through the Holy Spirit, through you. And is able to shine the light on somebody that normally would have said, no, I don't want to hear about Jesus, but now that you helped me solve a problem, awesome. Is there more where this came from? I might like to taste some of that. I don't know, but I, I'm not sure right now, but I like the fact that you just helped me. It's a way to get love into people's lives. Another one is this. Another one is uh, a word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. That word of knowledge is this. It's in other, in other words, like um, I'll use Stephen, for example, because I like this, I like this. The first day that they came, the first day that Deb and Stephen came, they came in and there's a whole story around it, but 
I, I basically had all my notes that were so nicely prepared, and the Holy Spirit said, do that. And uh, so I was like, great, now what am I going to preach? <laughs> and uh, so I just, but I knew what I heard from the Holy Spirit, and I, and I preached that day what I felt like I was supposed to preach. So uh, Deb and Stephen walked out. They were like, thank you, we enjoyed it very much, and talked to you soon, or I don't even know if you said that. But it was, I, my, my thought going out the door well, was, well, I hope we see them again, but we might not. <laughs> you know, that was my thought. Now I wasn't sure he was. You know, I w- he was being nice to me, but I wasn't sure if it was nice because he liked it or nice because he he felt sorry for me. I wasn't sure which one it was, but I was hoping it was because he liked what he, you know what the Lord did. And uh, so that afternoon, he texted me and he said, "Brother," he said, "that is the most uh, real I have ever seen the Lord move." I think you said in my life, I've never seen God move more strongly, more real like he did today. I said, how do you mean? He said, just last night and this morning, he said, I, I was praying and specifically asking God about seven different scriptures, and when you tossed your notes aside and preached what God told you to preach, you hit all seven of them and explained them. Is that right? And I was like, hallelujah, good, amen. And uh, so we met the next day, and that's really how we got to know each other. And, uh, but here was the thing, that's what's called word of knowledge. God gave me knowledge into something that I should not have had knowledge of. And, and I don't know what it was like exactly for you, but I know how that works with me. It opens you up. Even if you put up a shell just for protection, it opens up that shell and says, what else can God do? What else, what else can he shine light on? Now let's look at verse 9. To another faith by the same Spirit. Somebody's trying to believe God for something, believe God for something, believe God for something, and they're having a hard time. But then the power of, of the Holy Spirit rises up, and that gift, that manifestation of faith comes up, and they believe God for something, and, and what you've been trying to believe God for, it happens. It breaks that shell. It, it cracks that barrier, and the light of God comes spilling in. Same thing here, another gifts of healing. You need, you need healing for some, and the power of God operates and flows through somebody in healing. Well, I'm telling you, if you've been in pain for years and years, and all of a sudden you're not in pain anymore, and they say it's Jesus, I don't care what shell you got, all of a sudden it's like, get rid of the shell. What is that all about? I need that. It's a way to crack open that barrier. God's given us tools. Verse 10, it says, the effecting of miracles. This is just it. It's miracles that can happen at the hand of God. You people start to see miracles, you know, it gets their attention. You know, just little things. Another, the uh, prophecy. In other words, you prophesy to somebody about future upcoming events, and that stuff comes true. They remember those things. That shell is cracked and light can enter. Same thing here uh, with what's called discerning of spirits or distinguishing of spirits. When you're able to discern what's going on in their life, then that gives you the ability to help get them to the place or get the help in their life that they need. Here's the actual, you know, they may be having trouble. Jesus did this several times. He had people that thought they needed healing. But what they actually had was they had a spirit that was attacking them, and so he discerned the spirit that was attacking. Once they dealt with the spirit, they didn't need healing. They needed to dismantle the power that that spirit had on them. This is what can happen. Or you can say that there's a spirit of, of, of drugs, drug addiction, or something like that. Now you know what to go after. Now you know how help can come. Well, when people have been needing help and reaching out for help for so long, and all of a sudden that help's available, they will let the light shine on them. And we can witness. Other thing is various kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. There's, there's all kinds of different uh, tongues that are in the Bible, but here's, one, here's an example of that I heard about recently from a friend of ours. And they said they were in a service, and this lady got up in the middle of the service, and she started praying in tongues. Well, a tongue means that pretty much nobody understands it. It's not one that they understand. Uh, now, what had happened earlier that day was somebody had invited a sailor 
that was in near the town to come into the meeting. So they come into the meeting, and this lady gets up. She speaks in tongues. Nobody knows what she says, and there wasn't necessarily an interpretation at that moment, which seems almost out of order, but you have to trust God. You have to watch what he's doing because he doesn't always do it the way you think it should be done. Well, about that time, this sailor comes up, coming down the aisle, and, uh, and he happens to be a sailor, and if I remember right, the country was Greece. He was a sailor from Greece, and when the lady spoke in tongues, what she did was, in his dialect, the sailor said, that lady just spoke in my village dialect from the village I came from, called me by my name, and told me to come about the wonderful things of God and to come give my life to him. Well, I don't care what kind of shell he had on him. When somebody starts calling you by your name and saying, God is awesome and nobody knows, and they don't know Greek, that's a pretty cool thing. Or another thing, if somebody, the interpretation of tongues, where you can pray over it and nobody, it's not a known language on earth, but all of a sudden you're able to interpret that and maybe you read their mail or you give them a specific word in prophecy as an interpretation or a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. Same as what we were talking about before. But it speaks directly to their life and it's God speaking through the person so there's some power on it. It breaks open the shell. These are some ways that God's given us. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5 and starting in verse 22. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Here's the other thing that breaks that shell open. When we operate in the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, going on, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. In other words, there's nothing that can hold anything against these things, but what these things do in somebody's life is they prove that you're from God. And whereas everybody else around them can be claiming to be Christians, when they see that you actually are one, and even if they don't like Christians, even if they're treating you bad, I'm telling you, when they treat somebody bad, all of a sudden what happens is, let's say that Roger treated, treated me bad and I love back on him. Well, if you don't understand love and you don't know love, and yet I, I loved you when I shouldn't have, I should have taken it out on you. It'll do something to your mind, man. I mean, it'll just mess with you. It'll, it'll get in your head. When you love back on somebody, when, when the normal worldly response is to let you have it, it'll do something to you. Here's, here's the spiritual portion of it. Jesus said to turn the other cheek, right? Now, why would he say to turn the other cheek? Just because he wanted you to feel pain equal on one side as the other side? No. You know, so, so you'd have, you know, almost look like red blush on one side and the other side? No. Why did he tell us to do that? Well, this that we're talking about is just that. Think about this. If Seth, here we go. Let's say that Seth, I have this, and he takes that from me, right? But I didn't give it to him. He took it. He stole it, right? All right, so let's say that he did that. Now, if he's caught, do I not have a legal right for him to give me something? I've, in other words, I've got some legal say when he's caught into his life, right? Because he stole from me. All right, well, if somebody does something wrong to me, if they slap me on one side of my cheek, I've now got some legal right in their life. In other words, whatever barriers he had, he just gave me a legal right to spiritually, I have a right to break that shell myself right now. I don't have to wait on him any longer. I have a legal right to break that barrier and shine the light. And here's how I do it. Instead of going and taking money like everybody does in the flesh, I have a right to say, you're forgiven, I love you. And as soon as I offer forgiveness, what I did is I just injected love, injected God straight through that barrier and into his life. This is the fruit of the Spirit in operation. It gives me the ability to shine in his life whether he likes it or not. So when somebody does something against you, man, I kind of get happy nowadays because it's like, oh, 
Now, you've got to get God in you. You, can't, you don't even have any choice. God's about to show up in your life, and you don't even know it. You thought you were stealing something. I like it. I like it. And they can't do anything about it because they've given me spiritual legality to operate in their life. It's an awesome thing. Here's the other thing is if I go in there and I try to fix the problem myself, uh, we know that anything I do on my own power, in my own power, has a ceiling. There's a limit to it. But when I step back and I turn the other cheek, offer forgiveness and operate in love, I just injected an unlimited power into it. Now God's in the mix. I don't have to put my hands to it. He's the one who knows exactly what I need, what he needs, and what needs to happen. There's an unlimited power. So I generally, I get more problems solved by injecting love than I do trying to be legal in a situation. But this is a way, the fruit of the Spirit is another way that God's given us to break and crack those barriers and shine in people's lives. Amen. Can you see that? You see how He wants to work? Isn't that awesome? Because I know I struggled for years trying, how can I get this Word across to people? How can I get this love across to people? And God's given us this stuff the whole time. Isn't it amazing? God's God. He knows everything. How'd that happen? As we wrap up, be the light, I want you to notice this. This is the end of the series, and as we wrap it up, I want to give you this. In Exodus 33.18, Moses said, talking to God, I pray you, show me your glory. Show me your glory. In other words, in, the, in context of what we're talking about, show me your light, Lord. Show me who you are. Reveal to me yourself. Show me your glory. Show me your nature. That's what he said. Now, you, I've heard it said, like, you don't have a right for God to show you himself. How dare you even ask that he show up in your life? I've heard that preached before. Stuff like it. Out here, y'all know that's not the way I preach. So everybody's kind of laughing and smirking at that because you know that ain't true. That's not the heart of God. Here's Moses. Now look, Moses, he didn't have Jesus. He's under the curse. And he says, show me your glory. What gives him the right to say that? Let me tell you, the heart of a loving father. The heart of a loving father gives him the right to say that. And, and the loving father's response was it. Boy, you better get out of here. Why? You know, he, can't believe you even asked me that. Like we look at God as being this big old mean dude in the sky. That's not who he is. He was like, okay. He was like, you can't see everything because basically it'll kill you. But I'm going to stick you over here and you're going to get a piece of it. You're going to see a piece. I'm going to let you see as much as you can. So he gives them the Ten Commandments in the process. He hides them in the cleft of the rock. He, he, the glory of God passes by. And then Moses comes down, verse 29, chapter 34, 29. Moses came down from Mount Sinai carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. He wasn't even aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. He didn't even know it had happened because it, at this point it was so natural to him. Why should, he, why should it feel different? He was walking on a level that other people didn't understand because when he came down into the camp, he was scaring people. They were like, you need to cover up your face because nobody's paying attention to what you're saying because you're shining like a light bulb, right? That's, that's, that's pretty much what happened. He had their attention. He had their attention. And Moses even said, hey, this is not for me just to go up there and experience God. God, God wants to show you His power. It's right in the same area. He says, God wants to show you His power so that you can fellowship with Him. So it wasn't just for Moses because he was special and called by God. It wasn't just for him. It was for all of God's people if they would experience. And these are people that were under the curse of sin. They didn't have Jesus. Listen to this, as we're deciding and we're finishing up Be the Light, to be the light, we need a hunger that only God can satisfy. 
We need a hunger that only God can satisfy. We said earlier, uh, in, in last, last week, that Jeremy Pearson said, if you're not hungry, then you're already full on something else. So you've got a hunger, but you're letting something else satisfy it that's really never going to satisfy it. It's just a symptom making you feel like you're full, but there's no, no value, no nutrition in it. We need a hunger that only God can satisfy. As you're determined that I will arise and I will shine, you need to fill yourself with God, not with other spiritual junk food. We should expect what happened to Moses and more. We're in a better covenant. Not just the shining on his face, just the physical representation, but we should be expecting that God will shine through us Everywhere we go, in everything that we do, the people will see the glory of God operating in us and it will make them want to glorify God like Jesus told us to. It will make them want to come and find out what is this thing that you got in your life? What is this? James 4.8 says this, if we're going to hunger and we're going to do it right, it says, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. The, the problem is, we've been eating the wrong stuff, and we haven't been drawing near to God. We haven't been operating in that reset fellowship that we've been talking about. We haven't, we, we haven't been operating in the real, intimate fellowship with God like He's actually given us access to through Jesus Christ. We say we've been hungry, but we really haven't been hungry because we've been filling it with everything but God. Filling our time. We've been filling it with work. We've been filling it with a spouse. We've been filling it with kids or grandkids or boats or cars or houses. We've been trying to fill it with everything but God. But when we fill ourselves with God, all of a sudden something happens. We draw near to Him. God says, I'll draw near to you. We need God near in our lives all the time. And it's a matter of the heart. You know, and listen, don't pray for hunger. Don't pray for hunger. Hunger's natural. You don't believe me, just don't eat lunch and see what happens. All of a sudden you're gonna get hungry. You got hunger going on right now. The only only thing is you're just constantly putting in a movie instead of putting in God. You're putting in, you know, and and an activity out on the lake instead of going to church or whatever. You're, you're putting in stuff that's not Him. It's not Him. You're putting in worry instead of praise. we got to stop doing it. Hunger's natural. Don't pray for hunger. How we feel the hunger is the issue. Instead of filling ourselves with spiritual junk food, focus your hunger, hunger on real spiritual food here's what we need to pray i'll tell you what y'all just y'all just bow your head and i'm just going to pray over you right now just i pray right now like it says in ephesians that your eyes of understanding would be enlightened and that you would see clearly what is true godly nutrition and what isn't that when it comes time to put something in and your spirit is longing for something because it's hungry and it needs God, that you will see what is God and what isn't. And Lord, I pray right now that they will be strengthened with all your might to make the decision to choose you instead of junk food. And I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'm telling you, when I prayed that prayer, here's what's going to happen. So I kind of suckered you in. Here it is. So you're going to be sitting there, and you're going to be about to watch a TV show or do something you know your flesh really likes, and the Holy Spirit's going to He's going to shine the light on you, and He's going to say, "Don't watch that. Come spend time with me." And you're going to go, "But this is my show. This is I want to see what happens." That's what your flesh is going to say. And the Holy Spirit's going to say, I'm going to give you the ability to shine if you'll be obedient. Come spend time with me. Come have some fellowship with me. 
Don't post that. Don't post that. Don't share that picture. Do you know do you know who made that picture? You don't want to even promote them. Promote me. Or don't promote anything. Don't put out stuff that he says every you'll be responsible for every idle word. Don't say stuff that doesn't promote me. Don't think on things. You know, Philippians 4. Don't think on things that aren't of me. God's going to prompt you to do it. See, when I prayed that prayer, that means He's going to shine the light. So you're going to hear Him. How often you hear Him and how strong you hear Him depends on how you respond to when you hear Him next. Say yes to Him a lot and you'll start hearing from Him more. And the more you hear from Him and say yes to Him, the more of His blessings are in your life. Because it's not Him holding back the blessing. It's that when He tells you to do something, it's either like blessing or curse. And when we go, "Uh but I really want to do this, God, we step right over into this area. But when we tell Him yes, we step right over here and the blessings of God start to pile up in your life. And your life starts to shine with the reality of, of God's love and what He wants to do in your life. And people see it and it makes an impression and it beats back the darkness in their life. So your decision to say yes to Him does not just affect you, it affects everybody within the radius of your light. And I'm telling you that your light can shine further than what it's shown so far. It can shine brighter. Shine for God. Isaiah 63 in the New Living says, All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Your radiance. Now God could have said my radiance here, you understand? He's wanting you to partner with Him in this journey. 2015, Be the Light is our theme for the whole year. Be the light this year. Start learning how to do it and be better at it and take it on for the rest of your life and having established it this year. The, the word, uh, Lord gave us this word, Psalm 65.11. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Will you make that word for you? Will you make that verse yours in 2015? And I'm telling you, it's connected to how much you are the light how much you allow God to shine, how much you tell Him yes and open up your heart. Will you open up your heart to let Him shine in you today? Everything you do, everything, either turns the light up or it turns the light down. Every decision, even if it looks like it's just you, it either turns the light up or it turns the light down. It's time to let our light shine. Turn it up. Be the light. Let's stand. Jeff and come on up and Barrett and Sherman. These guys, they're anointed to lift you up and pray for you. If you have any needs in any way, in any, in any matter, you just come up and let them pray with you and for you. Todd, will you, yeah, that'll be good. Sherman, come on up. Todd, will you come up with Jeff and pray? Lord, we just receive right now Your light. We receive Your goodness. Lord, let us shine for You. Let us not make excuses. Let us not be dull and dim anymore, but let us burn with the brightness of God in everything that we do, in every way, in every path, in every, in every event of our life. Lord, let us shine and let us penetrate. Let us penetrate the shells. Let us penetrate the barriers as we allow the Holy Spirit to move through us and work through us in His glory and power, Lord. Let the shell and the barriers on people crack under the pressure of the brightness of the glory of God. Lord, let us be who You've called us to be and let us not hold back. 
Right now, if you just want to shine the light of God more, I just ask you, come on up forward. Let's just pray over you. If you want to shine, Lord, I want, if you're saying in your heart, Lord, I want to shine more like you desire me to shine. We're just going to pray quickly over you, very quickly. Come on up quickly. Father, I just ask right now for everybody that's coming up that You would just illuminate them and pour out Your glory in higher and higher ways. That You would bless them. Y'all just lay hands on each person. Same thing. Just lay hands and just release the, the power and the anointing of God. Father, let the light shine in every way, in everything. Let Your glory be revealed. Let Your glory Shine in them in every way. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Father. Thank You for Your power and Your glory in everything, in every way. Let the light shine. Let it burn brighter than ever before. Let it burn brighter than ever before, Lord. Thank You, Father, for Your glory and Your mercy. Lord, You didn't have to leave us Alone. You didn't, you didn't want to leave us alone, Lord. You didn't have to come and help us, Lord. But You came, You helped us, and the light shone in our lives. And Your glory came out. Thank You, Father, for Your glory and Your light. Thank You for making it a new day today. Thank You for a new day today. In Jesus' name, we praise You, Father, for a new day. A new day, a new day, a new day, a new day. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we praise you for this day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you that your Spirit empowers us to be your witnesses. We receive that and we move in it and we thank you for all of your love manifested in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have any needs, come on up and see these guys. They'll pray individually. Have a great day. Thank you for being here.